Welcome to Attorney Heart, the podcast focused on bringing awareness to and promoting attorney well-being. Join Attorney Heart as you embark on a journey to improve the quality of your professional and personal life. And now, here's your host, Fernando Flores. Looking up, there's always sky. Rest your head, I'll take you high. We won't fade into darkness. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Attorney Heart. This is your host, Fernando Flores. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I am very grateful for that. And today I have a very, very, very awesome, awesome guest. And before I introduce you to Mariah Heller, I just want you to make sure, I want to give you a reminder that health is really one of the most powerful forms of wealth. You know, I know that there's a lot of emphasis in us you know, growing our bank accounts and, and building financial freedom in that way. But if we don't have the health to enjoy all of that, you know, it really, it really can impact our lives in, in a profound way. And so I want to make sure that I continue bringing you really awesome guests that help us, that help us if we're in our office, you know, hours and hours and hours and just working and working in front of our computer that give us inspiration, motivation to get out of our office and, and move, at least do something. And today I, I really am excited because uh, Mariah, Mariah Heller and I, we connected because of the work that she's doing in relation to pain-free fitness. So Mariah, I'm going to give a more detailed introduction, but preliminarily, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Definitely. And so Mariah is actually a UC Davis graduate. I went to UC Davis Law School. So, you know, go Aggies. <laughs> and um, she's a gym co-founder. She's an author, a speaker, a certified massage therapist, and the creator of Pain-Free Fitness. And she has spent over nine years in the fitness industry, and she served a lot of clients with chronic pain. And in that work, she realized that the industry was not meeting the 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 expectations and was not serving the clients in a very specific way. There were, there were no solutions for the busy professional who just didn't have enough time or resources to spend on lengthy classes or very expensive personal trainers. And so she wanted to make sure that she did something for the busy professional. And when I learned about Mariah, I was like, yes, we got to have you on the podcast and, and I, I have to learn from you so that, you know, our, our listeners learn as well about, you know, what are things that we can do to, to get ourselves moving to, to, you know, our relation, to understand our, even our relationship with pain, you know, like how, and so I'm excited about today and Mariah has been featured on Teen Nation, Breaking Muscle. She's been a speaker at UC Davis's Entrepreneurship Academy, and uh, she's been doing a lot of great work. I won't get into uh, pain-free fitness because I want you to explain that. But um, just with that introduction, Mariah, you know, I want to start out with what inspired you, what motivated you to get into the fitness industry, and and tell us a little bit about that journey so we can know more about you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I started in the fitness industry in 2010. I was 18 years old and I had been a martial artist and I guess kind of a, an athlete in like the loose sense of the word for most of my life growing up. Mm. And I had a lot of issues with my joints. Um, 
I had kind of chronic hip and shoulder pain and it was not getting better. Um, and I think, you know, I would go into the doctor's office or go talk to my trainer and things like that. And they would kind of just tell me, wait it out. You're young. You're going to be fine. And I wound up having injuries that were bad enough that I had to get several surgeries. Like I had to have my hip replaced when I was 20 and things like that. So, um, I actually became a trainer because I identified in my sports and kind of physical activity training throughout my life that generally speaking, the physical fitness world and then the health or pain management world don't integrate very well together. Mm. And so I wanted to be a trainer or a coach that was available to people that felt like their voices were not being heard if they did have injuries or chronic pain or just kind of nagging stuff that they couldn't get rid of and let them know like this is okay this is pretty common and here's how we're going to fix it so that you don't have bigger issues down the line got it so you know so in your experience um having personally uh lived through difficult physical pain circumstances, you know, and then also um, working with so many people who also experience similar types of pain. What would you say is um, a very just helpful tip for someone who, who wants to get out there and knows that it's important for them to exercise, right? But maybe, maybe they have like a really, uh, a lot of pain in their shoulder, a lot of pain in their knee, and it's hard for them to to get out there. Um, And can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the main principles that I use in pain-free fitness is education. And a lot of that is really self-education and self-evaluation. So a lot of people, I think, kind of look at their bodies and they say, my shoulder hurts right? What I try to do with my clients is I have them say, okay, when does your shoulder hurt the most? Does it hurt the most when you're sitting at your desk all day, when your shoulders are kind of hunched forward? Does it hurt when you try to reach up overhead? Does it hurt at rest? And then from there, you can kind of figure out and break down and kind of use that, um, I guess, reverse like decision logic to figure out Mm -hmm. what you need to do to make that better. Because sometimes it's going to be that certain muscles in the shoulder are really tight and they need to be stretched or mobilized a little bit more. Sometimes we need to work in a little bit more stability because the joint might be unstable and things might be moving a little bit too much past our normal range of motion. So that's what I try to drill in with with my clients initially. And even if you don't work with me or a physical therapist, there's so much good information online these days. Like if you literally Google my the top of my shoulder hurts when I reach up overhead, you can probably get some good answers about what that might be. So I think education is the first step to really figuring out what you might need to do. I uh, love it. And, you know, for folks that do end up sitting a lot of hours, because I know, uh, you know, going from being a litigator full time, you know, I spent 10, 11, 12 hours working and now being an entrepreneur, I still spend a good amount of hours in front of my computer, yep. uh, but I do try to get up more consistently and, and try to move around and definitely, you know, fit in exercise into my early morning routines. But from what you know, what are some of the things that the negative 
you know, consequences of us sitting for so long? And what are some things that, that you recommend, um, Mariah, for us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything in moderation, right? I don't think that sitting is bad all of the time. Um, I don't think that, you know, standing is, is good or bad all of the time, but we have to have a good mix of kind of different postures and, and take a look at kind of how we are, uh, how our bodies are behaving in those rested positions. So as far as the consequences of sitting for long periods go, typically when people sit a lot, they are either hunched over a computer or they are maybe writing on a notepad or something like that. Or like you said, with, with the bar exam, people are just sitting kind of hunched over a piece of paper for a long time. Mm-hmm. And what that tends to do, and I try to move the camera back here without knocking anything over, but what that tends to do is we wind up in this rolled forward kind of hunched over position. So we have shoulders kind of forward in front of the ears you've got your neck usually kind of slanted forward as well. And then typically we are also leaning the low back like into something. Mm. Pretty rare that people will kind of move forward on their seat and sit up straight. So that creates kind of a, a chain effect of certain muscles being pulled short, other muscles being locked long. And if we don't mix that up and try to counterbalance it with different stability exercises or like standing and sitting kind of alternating Mm -hmm. that can create some actually really big problems down the line because if my shoulders are chronically rolled forward and my chest muscles are chronically kind of tightened if i try to start an exercise routine that has a lot of upper body work in it you can imagine that there's going to be certain muscles pulling where they shouldn't right So we wind up creating more issues for ourselves by not kind of addressing those things first. Got it. Yeah. And the way that, the way that you, you did it right now, it was just kind of like, we we get into like this C shape almost, or like, which is kind of, you know, you know, even right now I'm kind of making sure like my back is a little, you know, arched back, let me straighten up. But even just, you know, seeing how, how you explain it and it's a, it's a good reminder, you know, for us to, okay, you're right. You can maintain a really strong posture. Yeah, it's a healthy posture, you yeah. know, but it's just kind of reminding you because sometimes, you know what happens? I feel like I get sucked into the work and I'm like so into it and I'm just like focused on it. And then you start just getting into that position again and again, you know? And so, yes, um, I, I yeah, like awareness is huge. Like just even not even changing anything, just kind of like take a second when you're working and say, how am I sitting right now? Most people will change after that because it's usually not good, but just take note of like what your body is doing during the day, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for folks that, for example, uh, may be experiencing good amount, you know, good amount of stress. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've learned a lot of that tends to accumulate in the back part of our neck, in oh, our yeah. shoulders, a lot of tension tends to accumulate there. And I know when I go through, you know, busy periods and I'm, I'm definitely a lot better about managing stress, but you still feel the tension, you know, and, and, yeah. And you feel it there, you know, are there things that you can do without having to, okay, I have to leave work to go get a, a one hour a massage, hour and a half yeah. massage. I'm, you know, I'm, I don't have that time. I have to get home to my kids and make dinner and do this and do that. You know, yeah. are there things that you can do to, to, you know, just kind of soothe those muscles. Absolutely. So you can try this with me if you want. But one of the main things that I have people do and something that I incorporate into the 90-10 routine a lot, which we'll talk about later, but 
releasing kind of the the muscles that are right beneath the collarbone so kind of more of the pec minor muscles these muscles contribute hugely to this kind of rolled forward position and pain in like the upper back and neck which is where a lot of people feel pain um, and because the muscles exist on a pulley system these muscles here are shortened usually the muscles in the back of the neck and around the shoulders are actually chronically lengthened mm. so we can rub out those muscles and it feels good and it's not bad for you to do that but people will get upper back massages all day and they'll wonder why they're not getting results that last longer than like 24 hours right mm. so if you are sitting at your desk and you are noticing that you're developing pain in the upper back and maybe the neck region what i like to have people do is find find the collarbone and kind of go right into the middle of it between where the end of the collarbone is and where the shoulder starts then mm. if you move the fingers down about two inches there's kind of a massive muscle there and you can just kind of feel around and figure uh -huh. out where that is sometimes it's closer out to the shoulder that's more palpable for some people and then if you just kind of take the fingers and dig and do like small friction circles and that's the first thing you can do and then slowly, once that starts to become a little bit more comfortable, because sometimes that's really painful for people at first, you can take this arm and you can start doing some range of motion with the arm. So just kind of hold the fingers in place where they are. Yeah. yeah, reach up overhead. You can reach forward, reach back. And that helps to kind of pin the muscle down as you are stretching it. So you're getting that kind of extra stretch. If you think of a rubber band, pin it down right in the middle and then stretch the various parts of it. Mm. I see. And yeah. Kind of massaging the muscle up and down as, as you move it with your hand as well. Exactly. I totally yeah. felt that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <So> good. <laughs> yeah. So if you just do that for like a minute on each side, a couple of times throughout the day, mm -hmm. people's neck pain and upper back pain reduces so, so much. Got it. Yeah. You, know, you always do think you're like, oh, I got to massage my neck and I got to massage my shoulders. Yeah. But I, I do see your point that, you know, a lot of it also is, with your muscles in the front part of your, your, your body. So yeah, definitely. And it's a good idea still to kind of bring some circulation to those muscles that are in pain, but you're going to get longer lasting results if you get to the source of that tightness. So do you, do you even recommend us going to like the neck and shoulder area or predominantly work on like the front part? What are your thoughts on that? So in this, in this area, especially just because it's very rare that you will see people that have a resting posture that looks like this, like with their shoulders chronically pulled back. Mm -hmm. um, we usually see people in that hunched forward position, even if they stand a lot. Mm -hmm. Because of that, I usually recommend like a two to one ratio. So if mm -hmm. you're going to work the pec muscles, like kind of stretch these out for one minute, work on your back, back muscles and neck muscles for about 30 seconds. Okay. So spend about double the time working on the muscle that's chronically shortened. Got it. So like a two to one. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Um, what about, uh, what tips do you have in terms of, you know, building this into our routine? You know, like what recommendations do you have? Should we do this like, you know, once a few days or, or how, how often should we be doing it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, the way that I usually recommend people work kind of mobility and stability exercises into their routine is find the exercises that are most effective for you because those are going to change over time but whatever's most effective for you right now mm 
and figure out a way to do them for somewhere between five and 10 minutes a day. Mm. Okay. And that's where um, that 90-10 rule kind of comes in because in those 10-minute breaks throughout the day, you can work in some of these soft tissue things and accumulate 10 minutes over the course of your eight-hour day, mm. and then you're good. So okay. you might do some, some uh, pec self-massage for one minute at a time and do that maybe three times throughout the day and then spend a couple of minutes just doing some scapular retractions, like pulling your shoulder blades together to open up the chest. And you do that for about a minute, a couple times. And then throughout the course of the day, you've got 10 minutes down. Got it. Okay. So just kind of 10 minutes spread out throughout the day. Uh, That's, that's what you recommend to just kind of keep that mobility and keep the muscles healthy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, And 10 minutes of activity has shown to be actually really beneficial. I think a lot of people think that you have to get like 30 to 60 minutes all in one chunk in order for it to be helpful. Mm -hmm. 10 to 20 minutes is actually shown to be very effective as long as you use that time well. Okay, good. That's good to know. And is that what you referred to as a 90-10 rule or, or can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. So the 90-10 rule is a tool. I try to give people kind of the how, like little easy things that they can walk away with and remember. But the 90-10 rule is the idea that every 90 minutes at work during your workday, you are going to get up and you are going to put work down and move for 10 minutes. Mm, Okay. I do have a couple of rules during that time and this doesn't have to be 90 10 sometimes it's like 45 5 but 90 10 is just it sounds nice (laughs) (laughs) got it (laughs) but okay couple of rules uh no electronics so Mm. leave your cell phone at your desk don't look at your laptop nothing like that like get up and like go outside walk around the building or something Try to do at least one stretching exercise, even if it's short, like stand up and just kind of stretch your hamstrings or pull your shoulders back or something. And I also recommend that people drink a glass of water during those 10 minutes as well. Mm, Okay. Just to stay hydrated and, and keep the muscles hydrated as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, dehydration is a, is a huge cause of, of, or I guess contributor to like muscle cramping and tightness and things like that. And dehydration doesn't do great things for brain function anyway. So why not? Yeah, no, that's, I I love that tip. I I have a, I have a habit. I built a habit over the years to make sure that I drink two glasses of water in the morning, because I always tell folks you lose a lot of water at night, even though you're not, you know, doing physical activity, you're just laying there, you're losing a lot of water, you know, either either through sweat or just overnight. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and it's important for you to hydrate in the morning. Otherwise, if you don't have enough water, you will end up, you know, getting headaches because, you know, you're, you're focusing so much, you're, 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 you're working at such high levels that, yes. that you need to hydrate. So I'd love that tip as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for someone who may be, okay, okay, that's for folks who are, you know, in the office a lot and, and you know, are working very intensely. Um, but for someone that wants to take it a step further, you know, and mm-hmm. actually wants to, you know, get back into a physical activity after years of not doing it, you know, yeah. um, <clears throat> and maybe, maybe they were swimmers before they used to bike ride a lot or they were runners, you know, and, uh, or they used to do all three, but they let go of it. Right. Yeah. Demands 
expectations, life just kicked in. And for whatever reason, they've stopped. Yeah. And now there's, you know, maybe some knee pain, maybe there's, you know, some, some hip pain, you know, um, but they want to get back into it. Yeah. What tips, what suggestions do you have for those folks that, that want to sign up, you know, for, for a race or, or, or you want to start swimming again um, and just want to tap into that healthy component of themselves? Any, any suggestions on that? Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's, it's a tricky one without kind of knowing exactly what people's situations are. I think yeah. that if someone has been out of their sport for a long time and they're dealing with some chronic pain stuff, even some acute pain stuff, mm -hmm. the education piece is going to be kind of the first step. So figure out, it doesn't have to be a formal diagnosis, but figure out at least, okay, when I squat, my knee hurts. That's all, that's really all you have to, to know. Okay. Um, and then from there, you can start building a routine for yourself that just doesn't include the movements that hurt you until you stabilize that joint enough that you can start slowly working them back in. Mm, I see. The, the tough part of doing that stuff on your own is that I think as trainers over the years, we just develop this gigantic menu of alternative movements that you can do. Mm. So for example, if someone comes in and uh, squatting them causes pain in like their lower back, which is not unusual, I will automatically know that it usually if I switch them to like a step up or a single leg movement, that pain will go away and it'll help them stabilize. When people are doing this by themselves, they might not have that knowledge. So it's a little bit more intuitive. It's like, okay, when I do this, it hurts in a way that's bad. Not like it's difficult, but ow, this is a sharp pain. Mm -hmm. And then you can build your routine around things that don't hurt like that, that feel good. And they should still challenge you, but maybe you do some hip or glute bridges instead of squats for a while. And maybe you Google some stability exercises that you can do for your hips and low back in the meantime, and you work those into your routine. You know, I love those tips. They're, they're actually very, very practical, Mariah. And, and yeah. I, think, I think folks can really benefit from that, just kind of trying it out. But I also think that it's a good idea, you know, if folks wanted to connect with you and, and get some, you know, input yeah. on. Uh, and do you, do you like connect with people like in person or also online or? or I do both. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I do both. So I, I will usually do kind of a, a quick phone call just to make sure that nothing is going on that I can't fix. That's kind of outside of my area of expertise. Um, and then I will kind of build a program for the person based on what they need. Mm, okay, awesome. That's yeah. really good to know. And yeah. Um, in relation to, to your, your book, um, mm -hmm. if folks wanted to, well, first of all, tell us a little bit more about, you know, what, you know, what the purpose was in you creating your book. And then also if folks wanted to get a copy, how could they do that? Yeah. So that's a good question. It's kind of a funny story. Um, so I have, I have two eBooks. The second one is more like a, a booklet, but my original eBook pain-free fitness and living, I wrote when I was in ownership of a gym and I just Googled different ways to get publicity for your gym or to offer kind of free sales funnel offers. And mm -hmm. so I started writing this ebook 
Um, and I said, I'm a massage therapist. I really want to write about more of the mobility and stability side of things and pain management. And as I was writing it, I thought, you know, I don't really think I want to own a gym anymore. I think I want to do this. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I think it was, kind, you know, not fun for my business partner to hear, but for me, it was super exciting. <laughs> that's so funny. Yes. So you, um, you, you let go of the gym. I did. Yeah. Oh, earlier wow. This year. Yeah. I, oh, cool. I realized like, wow, this is really kind of what I was meant to do is help people with this stuff. And I really like the 10 minute a day methodology. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, man, I came up with that. I'm so smart, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, so it was a, it was a really cool evolution that way. And then I wound up writing a follow-up, which is, um, uh, pain-free guide to healthy travel. So a lot of the people mm -hmm. I was working with were traveling a lot. And so I wanted to give them a guide to how to eat and work out and kind of stretch like from your hotel room, you know? And similar principle with without causing pain or anything like that. Exactly. Yep. Really no equipment needed. Just kind of like get up and kind of do these things and hopefully it'll help you feel better. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And if folks wanted to get a copy of those, uh, where, where can they go? What is the best place? And I'll also make sure to include the link that you share with our listeners on the podcast show notes. Yeah, absolutely. So pretty much everything is accessible through my website, which is 10minutefit.com, like the number 10. Mm -hmm. um, and my eBooks are on there. There's also a link that says like, work with me if you want to set up a consultation or anything like that. Cool. And then um, I'm, I'm also available via Instagram for any questions, which is at Coach Mariah Pain-Free Fitness. Awesome. 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 Um, well, do you have any other suggestions, Mariah, that you want to leave our listeners with in terms of it could be anything in relation to stress management, uh, energy levels? I, I did also want to, you know, if you, if you can include this in there as well, if, yeah. um, but you know, what, what's the work that you do also in terms of mindset for folks who maybe have yeah. been injured for some time, you know, do you, do you do any work in relation to like, like, yes, you can, you know, cause there yeah. might be a lot of, I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, so, you know, anything that you want to leave our listeners with, it doesn't have to be just one thing, just go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, pain, chronic pain is exhausting. And uh, it is very stressful. And that becomes kind of a, a cycle of kind of stress, inactivity, more pain, more stress, <laughs> more inactivity. More inactivity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we get ourselves into this cycle and it's, it's, it can be kind of depressing for some people too. I know mm. it was for me. And I really try to remind people that their identities are not wrapped up in how much they can do physically. Mm. So if you can't run and you've been a runner your whole life and you can't run for some reason now, that's okay. You can do something else. You know, I mean, even if it's holding in a plank for two hours, instead of running for two hours, you could do that and probably not experience the pain that you're having. Right. Not that I recommend anybody do a two hour plank, but um, <laughs> there's, there's always something else that you can do that is going to either a either not contribute to your pain or b even kind of help to facilitate your healing mm. so really just being proactive about that and either getting advice from people who specialize in these things or doing your own research to the point that you know kind of what you should be working with i think that that's number one 
I think number two is that kind of like you said, health is such a multifaceted thing. And if you look into the effects that things like high stress levels and sleep deprivation do to our bodies, if you don't have your stress levels and your sleep and your water intake and all of that, at least somewhat dialed in most of the time, a lot of the positive effects that you're going to get from exercise can be diminished. Mm-hmm. So making sure that even simple things like you are doing things like throughout the day, just taking a couple of big deep belly breaths, and that tends to kind of improve our circulation. It does tend to slow our heart rate and kind of calm us down a little bit. But that's something that I started doing about a year ago. Just on those 10-minute breaks that I take, I always try to take at least five really slow breaths, kind of nice and deep. And that's been really helpful for me. So remember that there's always something that you can do and you just kind of have to learn what that is and then b make sure that your stress and your sleep and everything are under control most of the time in order to get the positive benefits of activity awesome i love it you know you made me reflect on my own journey and i've shared this with folks before how i i used to run a lot you know, yeah. you use that as an example, actually. Yeah. And I, I used to, I used to do 50 Ks. And so that's, that's a long distance. Wow. And in order to train for that, sometimes I would run even though I had pain. Yeah. And it was, I had that, I had that Mariah where I was like, I'm a runner. And like my identity was so wrapped into that. I'm like, if I don't run, then uh, you know, what, what fitness, you know, can I do? And I, I would just think in a very one track mindset. Yeah. And recently I had a sprained ankle for about five months and I couldn't run. I stayed off of it. And my relationship, the more that I've built self-compassion for myself, the more that I've been able to nurture points when I've had an injury like that. You know what I mean? And so I I really do appreciate your perspective because it, it, you know, I'm kind of an example of that before I I tied in my identity a lot with, with running. And if I didn't run, then, you know, what, what, what fitness would I do if that's, that's, that's why, you know, that's who I was. I was a runner. Yeah. But um, now I notice like there's so much that I can do. There's so much other, there's so many other things. And I was, I was doing rowing where it wasn't impacting my ankle at all. And I was still getting a really good workout, you know? Yeah. So I really do appreciate that, that perspective. And um, I actually healed from my ankle. I'm back in running. I'm doing, you know, uh, two, three mile runs. It may not sound like a lot compared to what I was doing before, but for me, it's, it's a lot right now. And I'm loving it just to get that runner's high again after, you know, a good while of not doing it, you know, 10, 11 months of, of just not running. So, yeah. And that's another thing too, from a, from a mental health standpoint, celebrate those small process-based wins. You know, even if it's maybe not everything that you were able to do before, you might really never get there sometimes. Mm. So celebrate the small wins, even just throughout the day. Like, good for me. I got up and and did my stretches this hour, like I said I was going to. Doing those things can go can go a long way. Or running two or three miles when you haven't been able to run in five months. That's huge. Yeah. You know? And I like what you said too. Like if you, you know, if you didn't do it. It's it's okay. You you yeah. can you can do something else. There's always something that you can do. So I really I really like all those those point yeah. pointers. Yeah. So 
Mariah, thank you so much for being on Attorney Heart. I, I learned so much. Uh, you know, I'm even going to be doing those uh, exercises throughout the day that, that you showed me. So I really, I really appreciate it. And if folks, you know, want to connect with Mariah, I, I'll make sure that I include the information on there. And, you know, if you want to get her ebooks um, so that you can engage, if you're going through any sort of pain yourself, you know, you can engage in some pain-free fitness and um, continue working towards your holistic wellness you know there's something that we can do every single day and i make sure that i make time to to learn something new connect with new folks and um i'm really excited about about this uh this interview and also you know future collaborations i see some good stuff in the works here mariah i agree yeah thank you so much i love the work that you're doing and this is this is really great so thank you for having me on definitely mariah Thank you again. And all right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Attorney Heart. I wish you nothing but good health. And I look forward to catching you at the next episode. Bye, Mariah. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is Fernando, your host of Attorney Heart. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode. If you enjoyed this episode, definitely subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. And if it can benefit anyone that you know, please share it. Attorney Heart is brought to you by iMatterNow, I-M-A-T-E-R-N-O-W. Please make sure to check our website at imatternow.com. Again, I-M-A-T-E-R-N-O-W.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Every day presents an opportunity to engage in self-care. And remember that it is not selfish to take care of your well-being. It is necessary. So take care and connect with you on the next Attorney Heart episode.